Welcome everyone to Talk To Me, episode 22. I am your host, Joshua Toomey, and on this episode, I talk to Gary Noon of Walking With Giants, a new artist with a great band. The band that plays on this record consists of Morgan Rose, Clint Lowry, Brian Marshall. You guys know Clint and Morgan from Seven Dust, and Brian from Creed and Alter Bridge. You guys will soon learn the power of YouTube when you find out how Gary got those fantastic musicians to play on his record. Gary was a great guy, great interview. Loved having him on the podcast. Please go and support Gary and all that he does. Hope you guys enjoy the music. Hope you guys enjoy the podcast and the interview within. I'm going to take it down a notch now and uh, talk a little bit about the passing of David Bowie. David Bowie was a huge influence on the uh, on the music community as a whole. And hopefully you guys are doing okay out there. Huge, huge blow to everyone and uh, very unexpected. As much as Lemmy was uh, unexpected to everyone, this one also caught everybody off guard. I definitely woke up this morning to the news and uh, felt definitely felt very sad. Huge, huge influence on many, many people. Just always love David's David Bowie's music and uh, the contributions he did to music. So hopefully everyone's doing okay out there. And uh, just a huge, huge... Thoughts, thoughts out to David Bowie's family, friends, and fans. Alright guys, let's get into some Walking with Giants. The first song up is Heavy Hand, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Another day.
you guys have with those heavy hand. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Obviously, if you're fans of Seven Dust, Alter Bridge, Creed, all those great bands, uh, you will definitely not be disappointed with Walking with Giants. And without any further ado, here's my conversation with Gary Noon. Appreciate you coming on the podcast. It's uh, great to have you on. Yeah, Josh. Thanks a lot for having me. So let's get into this Walking with Giants. You know, reading the bio, and I just kind of want my listeners out there to, to kind of know the story of it. It's a pretty crazy story. You know, it's right up there with uh, the movie Rock Stars. You know, you want to you want to start a band and uh, and pay tribute to Seven Dust and pay tribute to Alter Bridge, and then you end up uh, not finding those members, and then you go get the actual members of Seven Dust and Alter Bridge to to play on the album. So, I mean, how does that you know how did all that start? Yeah, this is a crazy story, man. I, I feel kind of you know kind of funny that uh, you compare it to Rock Star because you know Miles Kennedy was a guy they pulled up out of the crowd. The right, crowd. right. And I'm like, no, there's no way in the world I, I you know I could compared to that dude, but I totally, totally uh, get what you're saying about the story. Um, you know, it's, this is one of those things where, you know, I, I like to say that, you know, I crawled out of the womb ready to play music and, you know, I knew exactly what I wanted to do with life, but it really wasn't, you know, really wasn't like that. I just grew up surrounded by tons of music and, you know, as uh, the years went by, um, you know, I really got into um, Creed's music when they were really popular and then when they broke up um, and then I heard about Alter Bridge, I checked them out. And this is one of the cool things. It was like one of the very first bands that I followed from the beginning, and I've been a huge fan ever since. But um, I followed Alter Bridge for years, and then in 2008, um, I'd actually been introduced to Seven Dust music for the first time. Uh, yeah. it's, kind of, it's kind of a long story to get into, but hey, it's a podcast. Um, that's what we're here for. <laughs> really, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I had a in, in a previous life. Um, you know, I was um, in the youth ministry for a long time, and I didn't listen to you know, anything that quote unquote wasn't labeled, you know, right. Christian music for a long time. And so Seven Dust was, you know, coming up through that period when I was, you know, on the on the other side of things, if you will. And when I stepped away from that and, you know, kind of changed things in, in my outlook in life, I started to be open to other kinds of music and that's how I discovered, you know, all these different artists and um Alter Bridge and Seven Dust were my two favorites. But um this whole process kind of got rolling um, around 2008 when I started playing covers on YouTube. I was a, um, a fan of um, Disturbed, you know, music. Right. Um, it really wasn't, I wasn't like a huge fan of the album, The Sickness, but when um, Believe came out and their um, hit song Prayer came out, there's something about that opening guitar riff that I never, ever get sick of. I absolutely love it. Um, there's other songs they have that I could listen to a few times and it, doesn't stick with me, but that riff gets me jazzed up all the time. And so one of the things I did was I decided to start playing covers on YouTube because I would watch other guys do it. And they just weren't, you know, in my opinion, doing it um, the way it should be done. So I kind of had like a little, um, you know, bug in my ear to kind of say, I want to show these guys, <laughs> you know, how, this is the right way to do the song, damn it. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> right. And, you know, so I would record uh, these covers and then people would start, subscribe to my channel and as I got you know more comfortable playing again because it had been a long time since I'd started or since I had been playing um, I started to tackle all the bridge songs and Papa Roach songs and I did some shine down stuff and then um, seven dust and then primarily after the you know when I really got into it in uh, 2010 it was like Alter bridge and seven dust covers all the time pretty much and a good buddy of mine who was uh, friends with uh, Clint and the guys in the band, um, actually took me to one of the shows in, I think it was late 2009. And what he did was he took me backstage. So I was like totally 
freaked out because I the first album I heard by Seven Dust was Alpha, and it was that title track that I heard that really got me into them. And it was because you know that tune reminded me of what I missed in rock. It was like you know Metallica having those those totally kick-ass tight riffs. Everything was in in rhythm, in sync. It was aggressive and powerful. You know that kind of a thing. And I haven't heard that in a long time. And so you know here I am going to this show for a band I just discovered you know for myself and I actually get to meet the guys in the band you know the first time I went to the show and I was totally you know excited and freaked out by that but you know I met Clint there for the first time and um, I think again it was in 2010 during the um, what was it the cold day memory cycle I got to go backstage again and Clint and I started chatting about stuff and I had brought my uh, phone with me and had some of my you know, little MP3s of some of the stuff I did noodling around on GarageBand on the computer. And he actually said he liked what I was playing. And you know how some guys, yeah. you know, they're real polite. Clint's like a really polite guy. I figured he was just saying, yeah, you know, that's cool stuff, man. It's cool. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, wouldn't it be great if, you know, somewhere down the road, you know, I um, do my own record and, you know, he could play stuff on it with me. And he was like, yeah, you know, I, uh, that would be totally cool, man, if you ever decide to do it. And I never really you know, put much stock in it just because, you know, I figured, you know, Clint's a great guy. He's, he's being polite, you know, he's kind of, you know, um, doing the right thing for a super fan that's like kind of standing right there talking to him. But, um, you know, in 2011, I started taking uh, guitar lessons from him on Skype and it was, it wasn't necessarily about um, guitar techniques and skill, but it was more about that songwriting kind of thing. I really wanted to figure out, you know, how could I start doing it? And, you know, what was his process? Because, when you listen to when you listen to Seven Dust, if you listen to them for any period of time, um, especially um, during the Chapter Seven um, period of time, you can tell what Clint brought to the band because when he wasn't actually playing on that record, and the album was still good, but there was something very very different about it. Right. And when he came back for Cold Day Memory, you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> now I know what he brings to the table, and I wanted to figure out how in the heck. You know, did he do that? And so that's kind of what those the lessons were for. And um, you know, this whole uh, story that you were talking about with the cover band. You know, I wanted to, to actually play um, Seven Dust and Alter Bridge tunes here locally because all the other bands that were doing covers was like you know eighties, nineties, you know party band kind of stuff. And that was cool, but that wasn't me. I wanted to you know pay tribute to these guys that I think. Um, deserve more respect than they actually get. Now, Seven Dust is finally starting to get some respect for that Grammy nomination, right. which is totally awesome. Yeah, that's incredible. But, you know, a few years back, you know, they had the, had the core fans, but there's a lot of people that, you know, at least in my circle, didn't know who they were, and I wanted to show them. But uh, the hard part was getting the guys here locally to either commit or to be able, you know, to play the music. And I got so frustrated with it that I finally said, you know what, forget this. I'm just going to try to play my own stuff. I'll keep doing covers and things because that's fun. But I want to try to write my own music. And that was right around uh, December, yeah, December the 26th, 2012. It was like the day <laughs> Walking with Giants was born officially, if you want to use that term. And I asked Clint during one of the lessons, you know, hey, dude, would you, would you work with me on, you know, five or six tunes if I recorded an EP? And he said, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll work with you. And I totally was, you know, floored <laughs> by that. But, he put me in touch with uh, George Roskus over at uh, Architect Music, that, who Clint had been working with for a little while, and we got the ball rolling, and I kind of figured, okay, well, 
you know, maybe uh, since Clint got involved, I could reach out to Scott Phillips and ask him too, because you know, during this period of time, I had also been introduced to, you know, the guys in Creed at first. It was during the full circle period. And then, you know, as time went on, um, and off the bridge, um, you know, kind of did the, you know, they do the switcheroo, you got full circle, right. and then you've got AB3 that came out. Um, during that touring cycle, you know, I really kind of got, um, got hooked in with those guys and made, you know, good friendships with Flip and Brian. And, um, you know, I just kind of got the gumption up and asked Flip, hey, dude, would you, you know, would you play drums on it? In the back of my mind, I was, I was like, no, he's going to say no. He's going to say no. And he didn't. He was like, yeah, let's let's do it. And I, I mean, again, you know, pun intended, like I totally flipped. I'm seriously, I was like, <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't believe this. Um, you know, so we, we did the first EP and it was cool. It was like really, really difficult. It's like the songwriting is like the hardest thing in the world I've, you know, I've ever attempted. And when you get to the other side of it, where you actually are hearing the complete songs, it's like, oh my God, I'm glad it's over. But that was so cool. Let's do it again. Kind of, right. kind of a thing. And so, you know, after that EP was done, um, December of that same year, I reached out to the guys and said, hey, look, you know, everybody's off touring. There's no, you know, albums being recorded right now. Would you mind coming back to the studio and let's do, you know, another group of songs? And so um, Clint and Flip agreed to it. And then, you know, by that point, I started, started to get to know Brian Marshall really well. And he was kind of like, well, how come you didn't ask me <laughs> on the first one? And I was like, dude, I, you know, I just, I kind of, you know, didn't think of it because I, I didn't want to press my luck is basically where I was coming from. And he said he would have, you know, would have done it if I had asked him. So, you know, I invited him to be a part of the second EP called one by one. And, you know, we had a, I think another really good group of songs and, and that was pretty interesting because my skills, I think were getting a little bit better, but still not, you know, anywhere near where I want to be. And, you know, that's kind of really where, where things got rolling. And, um, Let's see, that's, uh, that was like mid-2014. And then I decided, let's do a full-blown record. Let's try and see what happens. And, um, you know, the situation occurred where Flip was um, committed to doing something else. And I was like, okay, well, um, you know, maybe we can change the date or something. But the, there wasn't really any viable alternative date. So uh, Clint reached out to Morgan and asked him if he would be a part of the project. And, you know, he jumped on board. And that was like <laughs> even crazier, yeah. you know, it's like all these guys who are like my, you know, my musical heroes, um, you know, I'm sitting here, you know, doing this stuff with them and I'm, you know, in the live room trying to, you know, work out arrangements and all this other kind of stuff for these, these pieces of songs that I would bring to the table and, you know, feeling like totally, you know, Mr. Inadequate and <laughs> hiding in the corner going, Oh shit, you know, I can't, I don't, you know, qualify at all to be playing with these guys, but, you know, over time energizes you to kind of see how they do things. And it's like, they're they're It's a big deal to them, but they're not treating it like it's a big deal, right? They're, they're comfortable. They're relaxed. They know what they want to do. If somebody screws up, it's not a big deal because, Hey, we're in the recording studio. You can do it again. Right. right. And I didn't think of that, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, the first take's got a perfect door, you know, the record's a dud. And, you know, there's a lot of things I didn't learn um, at, at first, but, um, you know, going through this whole experience, you know, I was able to, you know, really get comfortable and, and, uh, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm heading in the positive direction. Let's just say that. That's so cool. We'll kind of jump into the long answer. No, no, it was great. Uh, you know, but I do kind of want to jump back to one thing where you're talking about, uh, you know, where you're throwing up cover videos on YouTube, basically getting, you know, people 
reacting to those videos and you know doing a little bit of a doing a little bit of a research for the podcast. I was kind of going through some of your videos and I was even looking in the comment section and I was seeing where you're you know you actively communicate with the fans. You actively uh, you know say thank you even if it's a simple thank you. Uh, you know, to people. And, you know, that's a huge thing for, for people, you know, these days and even in the past. And, uh, and I think you're doing a great job of, uh, of reaching out to your fans, uh, you know, just being able to have an open line of communication with those people. And you never know where that communication is going to go. You're a shining example of someone that has, you know, put themselves out there and uh, it's, uh, you know, it's paying, it's paying the rewards now. Well, thanks for that, man. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you get comment from somebody on youtube and you're like oh wow somebody commented and every once in a while you get the you know the guys that just want to you know bust your chops for no <laughs> right. apparent reason and I, I used to get ticked off by it and then i started going you know what at least they're making comments and then other people would start you know slamming back at them so i was like okay well they're keeping the conversation going but i try to answer things that people ask me because you know i'm thinking to myself i, I wish i had somebody who was willing to to tell me stuff, you know, I had to figure all this out by ear and, you know, and struggle and kind of, you know, buy a piece of software that let me slow down the guitar solo because the guy was so darn fast. I can't hear what he's doing. Right. That kind of thing. Right. Um, so all those little things are, are there. And um, one thing that, that bugged me, I guess uh, you're talking about your bands today, I guess. I mean, um, I, I see a lot of guys, you know, they put their stuff on social media. They, you know, they put it out there on YouTube and they always, it's always like, you know, hey, this is the new record by a band, blankety blank, buy our CD. And there's like nothing else. Right. They don't give you a reason. <laughs> Why should I buy this? Or, you know, uh, is, is there any value to it? You know, what, what are you going to do for me as a fan? And when I started, you know, doing the Facebook page, you know, I tried to give people reasons to do it. Like we put up photos, I play, you know, put little guitar licks up on there. I try to do something that gave people a reason to want to come to the page first before I started thinking of asking them <laughs> for things. Right. And so it's just, um, it's just, uh, I guess a difference in, in mentality, uh, you know, maybe I, I just, I still don't think I'm, you know, I've, I've achieved a lot. So maybe that's what it is. I just feel like I'm just a regular dude. No. And that's a great attribute to have is, you know, humility, and especially in a day like today where, you know, the, the quote unquote rock star, I believe is, is not as huge as it once was, you know, the, the uh you know the rock stars of the 80s where they could just hide behind maybe like circus magazine yeah i used to uh, what was it um hit parader and then what, what was the other big one um, metal edge back in the 80s <laughs> yeah. um sorry metal edge and rip and yeah metal edge uh, there was one that i can't remember the title of it but i used to go to this local market and uh nick bocott from um grim reaper used to do a guitar solo column nice. every month and I was like, okay, I'm going to get that, that, that thing to see. Maybe he's going to show you how to play Rock in Hell this time, but he would never <laughs> show you how to play his stuff. It was all these lessons, but it was all about getting the lyrics to, like, your favorite songs because I couldn't, you know, a lot of that stuff, I couldn't afford to buy my own tapes and, and stuff yet. So yeah, that was my way of getting it. So it was well, kind of cool that you, you yeah, brought we, that up. Yeah, we kind of talked about that in actually the last episode of the podcast, but there are so many great guitar players out there now. And one of the main uh, one one of the main things out there that I believe that all these kids these days have just so much you know so much knowledge out there at their fingertips to where you're getting videos to where you could learn uh, you know a, a, you can learn a seven dust song you know by someone actually showing it to you and then there are a lot of just even the bands themselves are out there you know this is how you play the song as done by you know said said rock star so you're learning 
so much stuff just from the actual artist to where, you know, as, as a kid, you and I, we would go and find a tab book and, you know, hopefully the guy tabbed it out properly. And, and you know, that's all you did. You sat there and you looked at your numbers and, and you played your songs and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, you know, the kids these days have, a, you know, not to sound like the old guy, but, you know, kids these days have it so easy. But, you know, if, so there's just so many kids out there that's that true. have it at their fingertips. But I think one thing they miss, though, is like, you know, I'm, I'm the old guy, too. You know, like I'm 45 um, this year, and uh, which doesn't bother me a whole lot. But just to say, you know, when I started in 89 playing guitar, I mean, it was a struggle, right? And, you know, I had a brother who would show me something every once in a while, but then it was just, you know, banging on the, the crappy guitar and listening to, you know, tapes and staying up to listen to the metal showcase so I could record the song that I really wanted to listen to a hundred times in a row and different things like that. And I think, the, you know, it's advantageous to have all this knowledge and, and tools and stuff like that available today, you know, where it's like the, you know, the new generation of musicians get to stand on the shoulders of these guys that created all this stuff that they enjoy today. But I think there's a part of it missing, like, you know, almost like you don't, appreciate you know what that information is like you know um you've seen that meme going around where people say you know kanye west <laughs> says that he's going to be better than uh, paul mccartney or something like that and this kid would say yeah paul mccartney doesn't know what's you know what's going to hit him kind of thing without <laughs> right. even having a clue who that guy is and you know what he brought to the kind of music that they that they like and i think there's something to that i think uh, you know you can listen to bands that really appreciate it like a band like blackstone cherry um they're a fantastic band but you can tell that they have a love for the roots you know of the rock and roll that they they grew up listening to or their brothers and sisters or parents listen to because you can hear it when they play their music so it's, it's really cool that you that you talk about that kind of stuff uh, yeah it's definitely a great point i mean I, i've seen that me you know that meme running around and i've you know kids are just like oh man kanye just did so much for this dude paul mccartney who is he and yeah, it just drives, drives you crazy when you see stuff like that. But, but you know, well, just you know, saying that you're, you know, you're 45 and then like, kind of, you know, like the, the the records coming out. How does that feel for you? You know, like, did you ever feel like thrown in the towel years ago? Did you? How did you? Uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I I go through that every once in a while because um, it's it's not that I don't like doing it. It's just that it's um, it's difficult to to accomplish it because you know you got a full time job, you're a parent, you you know you try to you do all the other things that you have to do, and then you've got to find time to do this massive undertaking. I never realized what was involved, and I think a lot of people don't—they don't get it when you know they go to iTunes or something and they download the song. It's cool that they they do that, but when a dude is on you know Spotify listening to it over and over and over again, and they didn't really pay anything for it, they don't understand, I guess, the the effort that goes into that kind of stuff that they enjoy. And it's cool they enjoy it. But it would be nice if, you know, people had more of a perspective, I guess. And that's that's really the thing. Sometimes I go, all right, do I want to keep going? You know, because I'm I'm financing this whole thing, you know, myself. I don't have a record label, you know, support me or anything. So I'm doing it because I love it. Right. <laughs> and one day maybe it'll, you know, maybe it'll recoup. But um, you know, I'm not looking to get rich or anything. It would just be cool for more people to hear it. So yeah, that's it's pretty exciting. No, that's definitely great. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you about that. You know, how, how is the, uh, the album comes out on the 15th, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And, uh, what all, what are you doing for the, uh, like I saw some bundle deals, things like that. You know, people are listening. How, how can they find the record? Maybe pre-order the record. Yeah. So, um, you know, people can go to www.giants.com and we actually have, 
you know, like uh, audio clips, and we've got all the, the liner notes and the lyrics for the new record posted up there and the different, um, you know, combinations they can get. Pretty much like they can buy the CD by itself, um, and it comes with a digital download as well. So you're basically getting two uh, copies of it for, you know, the price of one. And then you can buy it with this, um, a new T-shirt. And then we have another one where it um, actually can buy all three of the records that we've done, you know, plus the shirt. So pretty simple kind of things. But, um, you know, it's you know, we tried to, you know, put things out there. I want people to go to the website so they have a chance to hear it first and then, you know, make a decision. And if they don't want to buy the CD, totally cool, but at least they've heard it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> at least they've come, come to see it. And we've put out two singles um, so far. and Anybody who you know pre-orders the CD now or, or buys or pre-orders it on iTunes actually gets to download both of those singles right now while they're waiting for the record to come out, which is pretty cool. Yeah, cool. I actually got a, have a promo download of it. I guess a few, maybe a month or so ago, I played a song on the podcast. Definitely has that potential to you know hit active rock radio, and it has it has a lot of uh, you know it's definitely right up there with uh, you know the the bands that you're that you enjoy. You know, Alter Bridge, Seven Dust, Creed, all that stuff. I think you could totally, you know, hit active rock radio with it and actually have, have you know, have a single hit. So, yeah, I, I appreciate it. It's, it's exciting to to hear somebody think, you know, think that because you never, you know, you don't set out to go, hey, I'm going to do this kind of thing. But it, to me, if something like that happened, it's just exciting because people are listening to it. And that's the hardest thing today is to get people to know about it. I mean, I buy ads on Facebook, you know, and promote and all this other kind of stuff and there's still people that go you know who in the heck is this and and even for major bands they don't know that something's going on you know it's amazing uh how hard it is to get the word out these days but um we'll see what happens man that's what you know with facebook and everything else i also think that it's made bands lazy i think that uh you know growing up and playing in bands and you know in the 90s and just going out and hitting up kinkos and fly you know making up a thousand flyers and handing them out at shows and things like that like I couldn't tell you the last time I've seen a band handing out flyers. Yeah, and that and that was when people would go to shows and they, you know, they they cared about it too. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's it's a totally different environment. You know, but you like you go in the U.S. There's really cool, um, you know, venues that you can go to, but they're few and far between. You go to Europe and a band like Alter Bridge plays and they're selling out Wembley Arena. You know, right. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. crazy. And you come here to the U.S. and it's like, dude, let's. Let's get these guys in, in, you know, Madison Square Garden or something that they deserve to play in. And, you know, it's starting to build, but it's, it's taking a long time. And it's, it's kind of odd, you know, to me that, you know, a country where rock and roll really got started right. is the one that's, that's struggling to, to help keep it alive. And uh, one thing, you know, kind of looking through your Facebook, things like that, I noticed uh, it was, seems like your Facebook was uh, one post Walking with Giants, one post Star Wars. So actually I had a uh, Star Wars review special a couple episodes ago. So so give me your synopsis of the new Star Wars and how did you uh, how did you feel about it? Yeah, well, um, you know, I, I won't do any any spoilers, of course, but I, I'm a Star Wars nerd, dude. So I saw it when I was six years old the first time. And this new one is just as exciting as those, you know, original movies were. I, I, I guess I'll embarrass myself and, and tell you, but I've, I've seen it eight times. <laughs> well, I've seen it the two. So. Oh, man. And it's, I mean, it's like, it's cool because it's, it's Star Wars, but I mean, it's just a, a damn fun movie. And I think J.J. Abrams did a great job, but a lot of the, you know, a lot of quote-unquote fans are, you know, some people are bashing it, right? And then people are saying, all right, well, Lucas is an idiot and, you know, he shouldn't have sold it. But then, you know, when 
he had Star Wars, he still had it in his possession. People are bashing him because of the movies he made. <laughs> right. You can't make anybody happy, but I'm happy. I'll just keep going and see it. So. No, but I think it's, really it's a cool. yeah, it's really definitely cool definitely a great movie. I thought that you know everything that they uh they they all the new characters they introduced were great. You know all the the way that they uh did all the hero entrances with the past characters and even like the Millennium Falcon and things like that. Uh, you know, s- such a great movie. I think that you know, everybody, I think yeah, everybody like, should be like, happy. Think about it. Like these dudes are you know they're you know brand new characters. They're young kids trying to you know, make their way in the world. And then here they are reading these legends that they've heard about. And then they actually go, you know, have their own experience of becoming a legend themselves. It's kind of, kind of interesting to see how that whole thing, you know, plays out. Let's kind of, we'll, we'll start kind of going down the, the wrap up stretch, but got a little bit of time. Um, sure. So just kind of break down the new album, you know, tell me like some standout tracks from it, you know, uh, things that you just, some, what you enjoy about it. Yeah, I think the thing I enjoyed most about this record was that I feel like um, this was probably the first time that I was really confident with what I brought to the table. I mean, you know, each time I would come with, you know, at first it started with like fragments of songs, right? I'd have a chorus idea and I'd have a verse idea, but I, I really couldn't figure out how to arrange it together. And so Clint would come in and help me figure out how to make it like a complete song. And, you know, he carried a lot of the weight um, on the first record. I mean, we would work together, but you know, he was going, okay, well, I thought you were bringing, you know, songs. And I'm like, dude, I, I thought these were songs. <laughs> you know, that's thing. <laughs> right. And so, you know, through that, through that process, I learned, you know, what to do or what was required. And so the second one I came in and it was a little bit more, you know, I, um, I had songs that were a bit longer, but for this one, um, I really, uh, I think out did what I, I had, um, had in the past because I came with a lot of the material already done. And so what we did together was more, um, you know, for me at the beginning and then you know clint came in we added our parts together and the other guys contributed to it but i really feel like this record is the first one where you're going to hear me the most if that makes sense um you know so it's it's uh it's totally interesting but like the the opening track and i think the the last two tracks are my favorites and um you know if people listen to them i hope they like them but those are the ones i'm the most uh, the most proud of that's awesome. And do you guys have like touring plans? Are you gonna are you gonna go out and do some do some shows? What's the what's the tour look like? Yeah, so I'm actually working on some spring dates myself. And uh, you know, Clinton and the guys they have their own right. <laughs> you know bands and stuff to to work in, so they won't be playing live with me. But I've got some uh, good friends that are actually gonna come out and do the shows with me. And we're working on dates right now, so I'll be able to post more about that on the. Um, walking with giants website here really soon but it's uh it's going to be interesting because that's the next stage man um it's it's another thing to be scared of but to be excited about at the same time <laughs> right much. and then uh are you maybe looking to doing shows with seven dust maybe doing some shows with ultra bridge and to where you can kind of maybe overlap a little bit and have them come out and play some songs with you yeah you know if that ever happened i'd probably you know, pass out on the stage, but um, I mean, that's something that I, you know, I actually, I really dream about doing, but I feel like, you know, like this early stage here, you know, I got to get the hang of, of actually being a, a real front end, you know, I mean, my, you know, my ultimate goal is to, you know, get comfortable, you know, up there on stage and recording music and you know, writing songs and playing them is, is one thing, but to be able to actually play the stuff live, you know, sing, interact with the crowd and do it, you know, in a way that um, gives value to the people that came to see you is really, uh, it, it's a monumental task. I mean, I, you look at 
guys like Miles Kennedy and you look at, you know, Clint and these other dudes and they're fantastic, but they've been doing it for years. And so they make it look easy. But when you try it, you know, it's like your brain's trying to juggle 10 things at one time. So it's like, I, I really want to get all that stuff worked out and get comfortable up there before I even approach um, asking these guys to be able to, you know, open shows for them. Because, you know, I want it to be when I'm, when I'm ready, you know, I want to get up there and, and do my best, but not until I'm ready. It just, I think it would be a bad thing if I tried it before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just coming straight out of the gate on a on a seven dust tour, throwing to, throw yeah, like, to the wolves. Who the heck is this guy, and why in the heck did they, <laughs> they have him open up for him? That kind of thing. On that note, I mean, what are some of the bands that you would love to go tour with? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like those guys um, would be fantastic, or you know, have a chance to to you know play in front of Ra, you know, Sahaj Tikatin's uh, band. I mean, that guy is fantastic. He's another great vocalists and songwriters. So, you know, bands like that, that I, you know, I love their material and not just the songs, but you know, who they are as musicians. Those are the kind of people I would love to, to tour with, but I know how it is today. You know, sometimes it's the promoter says, this is the band and this is who you got to go with, or there's a lot of things involved, but you know, all the stars align that you know, the bands that I want to play with are the ones that I'll potentially be able to. Well, awesome, man. I'll wrap this up. But, uh, man, I appreciate you coming on the uh, Talk To Me podcast. And uh, hopefully, you know, 2016, obviously, it's going to start off well for you. And hopefully it continues on, man. You got the album coming out January 15th. Uh, you know, hopefully do some dates in, in the spring. And then, you know, do that huge Alter Bridge Seven Dust summer tour. <laughs> and, uh, you know, crazy. <laughs> right? Hey, man, at this point, your story to me is, you know, it's crazy that you got to this part. So, I mean, if you got the opening slot on the Guns N' Roses tour, I wouldn't be surprised at this point. That's awesome, man. I really appreciate the, <laughs> you know, the, the compliment and then, you know, scaring the shit out of me at the same time. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's exciting. So, you know, we'll see where this thing goes and hopefully, um, you know, I'll, we'll keep going and I can give it my best. That's really what I want to do. All right, man. Well, good luck out there and take care. All right, Josh. Thanks for having me.
All right, guys, there you have it. That was my conversation with Gary Noon with a little bit of a bonus walking with Giants there at the end. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys go check out the record. Make sure and support Gary Noon and Walking with Giants any way you can. You can always find him on ReverbNation.com slash WWGOfficial. And if you're looking to get the record, make sure to pick it up this Friday, the 15th, January 15th. Make sure to pick up Walking with Giants in any way you can. iTunes, your Google Play Store, hopefully you can get it those ways. Physical copy, make sure to track down Gary, and he'll get you a copy. Don't worry. As I was getting this podcast together, our buddies in uh, Look What I Did, podcast alumni Barry Donigan, back from uh, episode one, they put out a new song. I contacted Barry as I was recording this podcast to see if we could throw it on the tail end of this podcast, and guess what? He said it was okay. So here's some new Look What I Did with If I Were You, I Wouldn't. Yeah.
right, guys, great new stuff from Look What I Did. Thanks, Barry, for letting us put it on the podcast. That is from an uh, upcoming untitled EP that they will be putting out soon in 2016. A lot of great records coming out, coming up in 2016. Looking forward to a lot of great stuff. Look, definitely looking forward to the new Megadeth on January 22nd. Definitely want to hear how uh, Chris Adler sounds on the drums on the new Megadeth record. I think it's going to be great. I'm so looking forward to that. Looking forward to that Megadeth record probably more than I've been looking forward to any record in a very long time. Uh, hopefully, uh, just through all the press and everything that they've been saying, that uh, I believe that they've got it right this time, and hopefully they're going to make a classic, classic Megadeth record for everyone to get into. Uh, other new records of 2016 that I'm looking forward to is another one of my childhood favorites, and that's going to be the new Metal Church record. They've got Mike Howe back on vocals. He sang on The Human Factor, and he sang on Blessing, uh, Blessing in Disguise, two of my all-time favorite Metal Church records. Uh, I'd love to have one of those guys from the podca- on the podcast. Love to have some Metal Church action on the podcast. That would be great. Great, great stuff. Uh, I've got a new Prong record coming out. Got a new Barry Tomorrow record coming out. Yeah, man, there's all kinds of good stuff. A new Caliban record coming out. Got Voivod, Anvil, Anthrax, After the Burial. It's going to be a great, great year for music. Great, great year, uh, 2016. Going to have some great guests coming up on the podcast. Uh, confirmed today that we'll have, uh, Bones. Formerly of Stuck Mojo, now of uh, just Hey Goes by Bones. Got a great, great record out. Uh, Going to kind of give his side of the Stuck Mojo story that that Blabbermouth picked up. Another great guest coming up on the podcast, Tony Campos, Static X, now of Fear Factory. is going to be on the podcast. That's going to be a great episode. Also getting a 12-volt negative earth, Where Did All the Sunshine Go, playthrough. Uh, it'll probably end up being... Uh, two episode podcast. Gonna play the CD in its entirety, break it up with some interviews of the classic members of the band. It's gonna be a great episode. It's gonna be fun to catch up with those guys. Uh, gonna be recording that very soon. Hopefully you guys will enjoy that podcast as much as I will making it. Uh, if you haven't heard of my band from the 90s, 12 Volt Negative Earth, do yourself a favor, go to YouTube, type in that wonderful, wonderful name, and uh, check out some of those tunes. But uh, those those podcasts will be coming up too. They'll probably just be some special Thursday episodes. You know, definitely podcast. Uh, you know, when you when you have a podcast, you can do some things for yourself, and uh, those episodes will definitely be. Uh, you know, a little a little diamond in the rough for me. <laughs> so hopefully you guys enjoy it too and uh, get to experience the Where Did All the Sunshine Go album uh, with the classic members telling some classic tales of recording that album, being in the studio for that album, and possibly some of the touring with that album. Uh, a couple other great guests lined up. Uh, once again, don't want to jinx those guests, but they're going to be great, great too. So hopefully next Tuesday will be Tony Campos from Fear Factory, formerly of Static X. And then the week after, most likely, will be Bones from Stuck Mojo. And somewhere mixed in there will be those 12-volt Negative Earth episodes. So hopefully you guys have a great week. Have a great, great week. Hopefully no more musical legends pass before the next podcast is recorded. 
If you want to get with the podcast, it's facebook.com slash talk to me talk. You can always tweet the podcast at talk to me talk on Twitter, Instagram, just search talk to me podcast and uh, like some of those photos. And if you have a band that wants to be played on the podcast, always reach out to me, talk to me talk at gmail.com. That's talk to me talk at gmail.com. Hey, you guys have a great week. See you next Tuesday.